Hello and welcome to the Paid Search Podcast. You are listening to a podcast solely devoted to Google Ads. My name is Chris Schaefer and I'm here to talk about Google Ads. I'm here to talk about the metric of the week. We're going to go through some questions from listeners and then we're going to get into the topic of the week. And I have a lot of great things to share. I'm excited. We have a, a, a special guest to chat about a the metric of the week, which we'll start in just a minute. But before I do, I want to tell you not about the sponsor. Wait, it's not the sponsor. Don't Don't skip yet. You need to know about a correction that I have here for the show. I had mentioned, I believe it was last week, about, I was talking about budgets, and I had mentioned the monthly spend limit being available. You can you can turn on the monthly spend limit and be able to limit how much you're spending per month in Google Ads. I have a correction here because it turns out that that option is not available to everyone. I, I, I didn't realize it, but I'm part of the the beta testing that's allowing for this monthly speed limit, uh, uh, yeah, monthly spend limit, not speed limit, monthly spend limit option in Google Ads, and I was able to to use it, not knowing that other people can't use it. So, if you don't see it, you should be seeing it in 2024 after some of the testing is over. So there's your correction. I do make mistakes. It's on record. I was getting an email from a podcast listener who was questioning my 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 comments, which I immediately took offense to. Unbelievable. But it turns out I was wrong. It does happen. So thanks so much. If you would like to send me some complaints and corrections, you can do so at paidsearchpodcast.com and send in your question of the week which I have one from Greece. We're going to take a question. And uh, also, you can reach out to me if you want to I don't, uh, talk more on, uh, you know, talk about podcasts, have a question about the podcast, something like that. You can reach out to me that way. I do respond when, when it's uh, relevant. Okay, so as I mentioned, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I must say, this podcast is brought to you by the greatest software out there, period, in Google Ads. If you're running Google Ads on any business out there, whether it's business to business, e-commerce, lead generation kind of stuff, this is the software that you need. Optio.com slash PSP. The link is in the description and you can try this amazing software for free for two months. It's an offer they've been doing exclusively exclusively here through the podcast. And they're going to keep it up because the demand is so big for the software. It keeps growing and they're adding new things. You heard me about a month ago talk about some of the new features, the AI system that they're implementing. Just amazing stuff. You want to try out this software, which will help you to get more done. It's a tool. It is a tool to help you get more done in Google Ads if you want to do that. You can do that at paid, uh, at optio.com. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash P-S-P. And uh, try it out for two months for free. Okay, so one last thing, then we're going to jump into the metric of the week. I want to remind you that uh, this podcast is available on YouTube. You can, if, if, if you would rather, you know, if you don't usually 
listen to podcasts and you'd rather just subscribe to the channel and kind of catch the podcast that way, which is something I do. I sit and watch my, have my iPad going sometimes with YouTube videos kind of in the background. If you do that too, then you might prefer to watch the show there on, uh, on YouTube. You can do that. The link is in the description for this very episode. You can jump right in and watch this episode and see me and, and in all my, all my glory. All right, so let's jump into the metric of the week. Uh, the metric of the week is conversion over conversion time, and that's a very specific metric. So it's really going to apply for those of you that are sampling anything in the Google Shopping arena. If you're doing a Google Shopping campaign, if you're running an e-commerce campaign, this is something you really need to pay attention to. This is from my friend Joey and he is going to introduce this option to you right now. All right. So this week's metric of the week is conversion value by conversion time, which is very different than just your conversion value column. So I use conversion value by conversion time when looking at smaller date ranges for clients that have large customer journeys. So if a client has, um, you know, let's say a one month customer journey with multiple touch points that lead up to that conversion, but I want to look at the last seven days of data. So in that situation, the problem that occurs is because of non last click attribution, not all of the conversion value that maybe occurred in these seven days I'm looking at will be visible. And that means, you know, let's say in the last seven days, we closed $500 in sales, right? And um, that sale, that $500 sale um, had five clicks, right? That led up to it. And two of the clicks occurred last week, but I'm looking at this week. Well, what likely ha happens with non-last click attribution models is $200 of that 300 gets thrown back to last week. So when I'm looking at this week, I said, oh, I only made 300 bucks. And this can be really misleading, especially when you're looking at your ROAS, when you're looking at your conversion value divided by cost, because it's also only considering the conversion value that is attributed to the window of time you're looking at. And this is a, a something that's really common when you're looking at even, let's say, a whole month of data, the, the week that you're in, like the last week of the month, will always look really terrible. And I've seen a lot of ads managers react poorly to the immediate data that they're looking at this week. And it's just because they're not realizing that it's the conversion values that you're getting in this week are attributing to clicks that happened in the past. So conversion value by conversion time is your solution in this, where it will show you cash in that occurred in the time range you're looking at, 100% of it. And it can really um, you know, give you a lot of insights into what's happening in the immediate. Um, so I, and for every account, put that column right next my, to my conversion column so I can really see um, what my attribution looks like and get a real picture of the cash that's closing right now. And I'll often, I'll often take it one step further as well, where I will make 
a what I call a ROAS by time column, because unfortunately, Google Ads doesn't have a default column for um, ROAS by time or conversion value by time divided by cost. But you can easily make that by, if you click on the modify columns button in your campaign view, um, at the bottom of that, when you, when you click customize, um, on the top right corner of your, your screen, you'll see custom column. So you click that and then you can, uh, it, it's extremely easy to use. You just um, start typing in conversion value and you'll see all your, all your conversion value um, columns. You can select, you select conversion value by conversion time. You hit the divide button and then you select the cost column. So it's conversion value by time divided by cost. I call it ROAS by time and then you save it and you'll have that column forever. And that allows you again to see cash in, cash out in whatever time range you're looking at. And again, I often use this just in like my day-to-day -day observations. So you can really keep track of your immediate results and not um, rely entirely on looking at such wide bodies of time to get the full picture on what's happening. So um, I think it's a, a, a standard column in, in any e-com observation for large customer journeys. And there's also a conversions by time column. So if you're in lead gen, you can look at the same, um, you can one, run into the same problem where if you're just looking at conversions in a small time window, but you've got long customer journeys, you're gonna have the same problem where you could get a conversion this week and it might not attribute entirely to this week, right? It'll attribute to three weeks ago um, when the first couple clicks came through. So conversions by conversion time for lead gen is also really important to watch alongside your conversions column. So I hope that's helpful and uh, feel free to hit me up at joeybidner.com if you have any questions or maybe need help with your account and I'll see you next time. Okay, so thanks, Joey. Let me let me add on a couple of things because Joey hit on such an interesting point here that I really want to to dig into a little more. One thing that was uh, really valuable is the mention of non last click attribution. Joey's a really smart guy, and he just blows through that word like. Like, it's a casual thing to say, but he literally just said something that's not in English. Like, nobody who's, you know, a normal, non-Google Ads expert kind of person would hear non-last-click attribution and think, what? What What does that mean? And what he's referring to is the attribution of conversions that happen from clicks. Now, even that sentence may not have been completely English, so let me take it down a little bit further. When a click happens, there is a conversion that may happen or may not happen. One of the two. Either a conversion is going to happen or it won't happen. And Google will assign a conversion to that click. All right? So there's either a click and a conversion or a click and no conversion. The thing is, if someone clicks multiple times, where is that conversion assigned? And that's the crux of the whole thing that Joey's talking about. You may not realize it, but if a person clicks 
three times, Google has to decide which one of the which one of those three clicks was the conversion. Now, many years ago, Google just default said, "Oh, the last click was the one." That was it. That's that's what it's referring to as last click attribution. It just means that it attributes the latest click, the last click in the sequence as the conversion. Now, 2023, we're living in a world of non-last click attribution. Google has kind of pushed away from that rather aggressively. And we are now using data focused attribution, which kind of pulls it out of a lot of understanding of exactly why it's assigned to this or why it's assigned to that. I'm not really going to go into all of it, but in the end, I mean, we don't know exactly when it was applied and, and how much will go to each one at Google will weight those attributions according to how it determines. So this takes the whole conflict of like, which which click was more important and just says, just like he said, it, it says what's happening now, regardless of how many clicks it took to get that, what's happening now? It takes, it ignores that attribution factor and just says, give me the information. How much did I sell right now? And you can look at that and it remo removes that attribution window time. And now you can just see during this week, we had this many sales that just happened regardless of the time process and things like that. Then this week we had this many that happened. So it's a very black and white. There's not a whole lot of gray in that because it ignores the attribution window. So great topic. Great topic. Thanks so much, Joey. And his, if you want to reach out to him, his, his link to his website will be in the show notes. Okay, so now let's all pile up in a boat we're going to take a boat. We're going to go across the ocean. Long trip. Okay, we're there. We made it. Good trip. Hope hope nobody got seasick. We're now in Greece. All right, beautiful. I know nothing about it. I'm going to pretend like I do. Looks beautiful. It's amazing. The old world, right? Europe's kind of older, at least in my point of view. They've been around a long time, so... Here we are in Greece. We're going to talk to Emmanuel. Emmanuel has a great question that he sent to me, which you can also send a question to me, and I'll answer it maybe on the show. PaidSearchPodcast.com. You can go there and uh, contact and, and send a question that way. Be sure and let me know where you're from and what your name is so I can address you properly and, and pretend like I'm going to your country. <laughs> All right, so uh, he says, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Keep up the good work. I would like to ask you a question about a client with whom I'm facing an issue. So here it is. We are tracking two types of conversion actions. Lead generation conversions, phone calls, ch contact forms, and, and chats. Okay, that's the lead generation conversions. And we're tracking e-commerce conversions, which is bookings real-time actual bookings you know so maybe it's a hotel or something like that you know so it's a it's a booking so the 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 lead and the actual purchase two different things okay so he set a conversion value for each of these two things in google ads and he's wondering which is the best bidding strategy for this situation i'm thinking of disabling 
the lead conversions and allow only the booking conversion action. So cutting off the lead generation, only doing half. So only doing the e-commerce, the booking conversions. He says, in order to focus on the revenue, right? The actual closings of the conversion action. However, I also need to drive leads as the big company's first contact is before they make the booking, right? So the first point of contact is that lead, that that phone call, that contact form, the chat, and then the booking, you know, happens there, you know, whatever it is. All right, so what's the best option here? Should he focus on the intention, right? The call, the contact, or on the actual booking? All right, and then he finishes here. We can't really tell if the calls or the contact forms concluded with the booking, and that's the problem, right? You have leads, but you don't necessarily know, was this lead connected to this booking or not, right? So there's a disconnect there. So he can't tell if they're connected with a booking, but if we keep only the bookings, then we've got so few conversion actions that automated bidding strategies like target CPA do not work. So I'm assuming he probably has you know, a, a few, maybe single digits a month, probably what he's talking about, maybe five, maybe less. Great question. I love this question. He actually just recently sent it, sent it to me and I kind of jumped the list of other questions to put this in because I, I thought it was a great question. This should be a question a lot of people have. So let, let's go through it. First of all, Emmanuel, I think because you mentioned the fact that there are so few and that it would inhibit the automated bidding, target CPA or mass conversions or whatever, it would inhibit the the automated bidding strategy in order for you to accomplish, you know, having enough volume for the system to really work. I think I think you've answered your question here. I don't think that you have another option. If 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 you're going to cut, let, let's say that there are 50 leads and then 10% of those end up being bookings, right? So you get five bookings, all right? If you were to turn off conversion tracking and not allow conversion tracking for phone calls and all those other things that lead to the booking, you are losing a tremendous amount of signal data in the Google Ads account. I think that is very scary. I think that's very scary. I would not suggest that at all. So you, you know, you you doing that, I think is uh, very risky and and you, you know, I don't, I don't think that's an option at all that you should do. So the bidding strategy now is what's the best bidding, bidding strategy for your occasion. I think that the best bidding strategy is ideally target, target ROAS. Ideally, you give the bookings a very high number. I'm going to make up some numbers here. Let's say you give the bookings a 2,000 point value. I'm not going to call it dollars or anything like that just because, you know, it doesn't have to be dollars. It's just a value system. So 2,000 point value in, 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 in the conversion itself. So every time there's a booking, maybe there's five a month, and every time there's been a booking that, that registers as 2,000 points of value for the system. And the ROAS system will continue to 
push and try and get the most value overall. So it realizes that that's 2000 value. It's really going to try and push for those. On the other hand, there's 50 other phone calls and contact forms. And let's say that has a 20 point value. All right. Or maybe a 200. Right. And you can make the decision here. The point is there should be vast difference between the two. Do not give one 2000 and then the other one, you know, 1500. That is not big enough of a difference. This is a much wider difference between the two. You need 2000 on this one and maybe 20 on this one. So a hundred point difference, 100 times difference between the two. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're running. Maybe it's not quite that different. Maybe you close at a, a better rate and you need a little closer. So maybe it's a 200 and a 2000. I'll let that up. It doesn't really matter. The numbers don't really matter. You could make up a million and 500,000. I don't really care. The main thing is the, the difference between the two, because I think target ROAS for a situation like this, where you're actually able to track those bookings and, and revenue making points in the Google ad system is the most important thing to do. And you say, well, Chris, why is that? Why wouldn't you just tell them to maximize conversions and just get as many leads and then it's the job of the salesperson to sell those, you know? Here's why. This is not true for everyone, but here's the reason why I don't think max conversions is always the best choice. If you were to run max conversions for this, Let's say that phone calls happen a lot. And let's say that you get a lot of phone calls that happen straight from the ad. Okay, someone's calling from the ad. They never go to the website. They don't actually know what service you are providing. They just search and call the number. And let's say that your service is really specific and very expensive. Therefore, completely uneducated customers that have no idea what they're stepping into the fact that it's going to cost them $50,000 to even, you know, to even have a possibility of doing business with you or purchasing this kind of thing that you're selling. And it's going to just immediately knock out a ton of people, right? This, if you were to do max conversions and not use any kind of, uh, bidding strategy that, 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 that weighted for weighted the system towards the value points of these, then what it might do is it might push phone calls. It might say, got it. Every conversion is worth the same. And I'm just going to go crazy on just getting you ranked for the keywords and the position that gets you more call from ads, because that makes the numbers go up. It's not the system that's broken. It's doing the right thing. It's just, you've given it the wrong instructions. You have told it to do something that can be very bad for the system. That, that's not going to be a good idea at all. Okay, so that's why I think max conversions could be a very bad idea for you. Now, if you convert everything pretty equally from chats to contact forms to phone calls, maybe max conversions is a good idea. But keep in mind, that is a fault in the system. The system could go for the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, which it will. Max conversions is going to do that. Target CPA is going to do that. Any kind of, you know, conversion-based system without any value assigned to it is going to push for the most of X. And X is just conversions, and conversions are equated equally across the board. 
So target ROAS seems like a, a better option for you. But I think the biggest mistake you could make is not creating enough of a distinction between those values. Make sure you create a distinction. And as as I said, don't don't go in and delete the other things. If if it, if it will cut the legs out of your of your bidding, you know, if if you delete phone calls and lead forms and now you're getting a tenth, you know, 10% of the conversions that you were getting before, I think that is a detriment to the conversion bidding system. You're going to lose a lot of signal data, therefore it's going to lose a lot of its ability to match profiles and and things like that and in audiences in the way that it would usually do it. That's a detriment to the campaign. Do not do that. Okay. Well, that's, so that's that. I thanks so much for the question. I appreciate it. Let's hop back on the boat, come back to the U S and ah, what's in front of us. Optio, optio.com slash PSP. You need to sign up. If you haven't, it's amazing. It's an amazing system. I love to use. I use it for my accounts and I'll tell you what, when I hit a dry spell in an account, I don't know what to do. I've seen a lot of things that are confusing to me. This system will kind of just hold my hand through kind of a digital audit sometimes. You know, I, I'm just like, what do I need to be concerned about here? And this is what the system does. It'll say, hey, have you seen this keyword? Have you seen, have you noticed that this trend is happening? Have you noticed that this bid, which used to be here and now it's here, this used to be a very prominent keyword for you. Now it's dropped off. Have you realized that? Maybe you need to build this new ad group out. Maybe you need to consider this, this, or this. A lot of great ideas. I, I love the system. They're very open to you know criticism about you know how this how the system can best work for people like us, and so they constantly are moving and changing and adjusting things to make it better for us, the managers. Love the company, appreciate their sponsorship, and I highly suggest you go check them out at opteo.com/psp. All right, let's 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 crank this thing up with a bit heavier discussion, and th- you have now reached the topical discussion section, which is where I get a little more heavy in some of my discussions about Google Ads, and I'm going to talk about comparing bid strategies. This is always a weighty topic for people because as, as, as the question of the week implied, people don't know what the best bidding strategy is. So I've gone through the difference between target ROAS and target CPA. Now let's take a step back and talk strategy theory about automated versus manual because I often get pigeonholed into this idea that Chris only does manual, even though I have explicitly said that that is not true. I have talked about many situations where I use automated bids for many clients. I've been very open to automated bids, so I'll say it again. I love manual bids. It is almost always, and I say like like 99% of the time, it is the first bidding strategy that I use. I'll talk about why here in a minute, but it does not mean it is the last bidding strategy that I use. When I'm managing a campaign, it may not end or continue in manual bids indefinitely. It may eventually change over to automated bids. So let's, let's, let's talk about the broad world and the broad idea of automated versus manual. So first of all, 
let's define what manual is and what automated is. So if you don't know, automated bids are everything in Google Ads except the one tiny manual bid option that's there. It is hidden. You will not see it when you're setting up a new campaign. It's not the one that says clicks. It's not the one that says conversion. It will say specifically manual bidding. So if you don't see those words, you're not doing manual bidding. Okay. Uh, so that's very important to know because it, it, you have to know where to look for that option because it's, it's going to be buried under two separate menu options in order to get to it. So it's, it's highly discouraged by Google because it requires a certain amount of understanding of a lot of different factors. So I don't necessarily recommend it to new people, but I very often during my consulting sessions that I do with people, bring them around to the idea of manual and make it very accessible, make it very friendly. And you'll realize it's not actually as scary as you think. Make it very approachable, even for some of the less tech savvy kind of people that I talk to. All right, so that's what manual is and, and automated is everything else. So you'll see automated based on max clicks, based on max conversions, target CPA, target ROAS, things like that. So the majority of people out there are probably using automated. It's what I usually find is the case whenever I look at accounts, do audits on accounts, things like that. So I'm going to start with my pitch on why manual, I think that manual is the superior bidding for most accounts that I work under. Number one, I always start Google ads accounts in manual. Why is that? Because it provides more control. All right. So because it provides more control, I can jump in and immediately just get clicks the same day. That alone makes manual so valuable to me because I can pivot on a dime. That's a that's a saying here in the US, so those of you in Greece may not know what I mean by that, but a, meaning that I can change directions almost instantly. All right, if I can change directions almost instantly, that makes me a better manager than a company who has to say, all right, yeah, sure, we're gonna get on that and we're gonna change some things and the algorithm has to get going. You know, it's gonna take a couple weeks for the algorithm to, the performance max campaign is gonna take some time. We'll make some adjustments and we'll change things and we need about two weeks. I can hear what needs to be done and make it happen that same day, all right? Be, and not because I'm an amazing Google Ads manager, which I am the great Chris Schaefer, but it's also because I use manual bids. And manual bids provide so much control that I can assign individual bids to keywords. And I can say, I want this keyword to you know, be first position as much as my budget will absolutely allow it to be. And I can make that happen. I can make that happen. That's, that's number one reason why I like to do it. The number two reason is 
initially during phase one, which you, if you don't know what I mean by phase one, go back and listen to a couple weeks ago. I've talked about phase one pretty extensively. Check the backlog on the past month or so. And, uh, you know, the phases of Google ads implies that phase one is about getting traffic, spending your budget and making sure that the traffic that you do spend money on is appropriate to the kind of traffic that you're actually shooting for, the kind of traffic that you want. Okay. Let me simplify that saying and, and say this phase one should be a very tight relationship between the keyword and the search term. All right, so the keyword, let's say, let's do, uh, let's pick another random example for today. And let's say you are doing power washing. You are a power washing company and you like to do businesses roofs and you also do driveways and you do, you know, parking lot power washing, right? So it's very important that when you pick the keyword, power washing companies near me that you don't get best power washers or most powerful power washers or power washers for sale Home Depot, right? This is a bad thing. You don't want that. So in phase one, I want to make sure my keyword is exactly the traffic or very close to the traffic that I'm getting. What I mean by that is when you look at your search terms, you should see the keyword power washing companies near me. You should see the search term, something very close to that. It should say power washing companies, Fort Worth, Texas, right? That is a great indication that, ah, that person's looking for me, assuming you're in Fort Worth, Texas, or you're serving, right? So that's a, that's a great thing to see the keyword and to see the associated traffic that I've paid for to be very closely related. This should be a very specific relationship between the keyword and the intent behind the search that triggered that click. Okay, I think I've driven that home. Let's talk now about automated. So what bothers me about automated is that there is a looser, much looser relationship between the keyword and the search term. This is not just, this is not a bad thing. This can be a wonderful, absolutely phenomenal thing. It's, I don't want to push it as an entirely a bad thing, but the problem is phase one, I want to be specifically focused on that relationship between my keyword and the traffic I'm getting. Automated brings in an algorithmic based bidding system. So this algorithm will not only look at the keyword, but it will also look at the, the idea behind the keyword. So it takes the keyword and kind of blurs it a bit and takes the idea, the topic, the feeling, the need, the desire behind that keyword and the tone and kind of matches it to searches that represent that same thing. That might mean that I get some great searches. If I if my keyword is power washers, power washing companies near me, I might get some power washing companies near me searches, but I also might get best power washers. And I might get some other things that are, you know, how to 
how to buy a power washer or how to choose a power washing company. You know, these are things that are kind of, I don't know if I want that. You know, I don't know if that's worth paying the money for. And that bugs me. That bugs me. I, I like a very close relationship between those two. So the reason that I don't immediately jump into automated is because it it blurs that a bit. Now let me tell you the flip side. Now let me tell you why automated can be an absolute powerhouse for an account that's ready to use it. Because it brings algorithmic-based bidding, it goes beyond the keyword and factors in device, location, time of day, remarketing list, language, operating system, all these factors that Google specifically tells us that it uses, plus more that it doesn't tell us, and decides, ah, this is diff- this person searched the word power washer. But right before that, and the week before, they were searching these other things that indicated that they're selling their house. And we've noticed that when a person is ready to sell their house, they often will get power washing and cleaning done around their house to kind of, you know, make it ready for sale. And they did a search yesterday about power washing services. And then they just typed in power washing as a, a keyword and boom, your ad might show up. That is a very loose interpretation of the original keyword power washing companies near me. To see a click power washing for power washing companies near me, that might be very upsetting to see that. But because the automated system can say, ah, this person based on device location, other searches, you know, other factors that this algorithm takes into play, takes into play, it's a very good click for the system to bid on. And this is especially true when it comes to automated bidding using conversions. This is the same topic that I was going through with uh, Emmanuel a moment ago. The reason why I didn't tell him to go straight to manual is because obviously he's having success with automated. He's getting conversion data and the conversion data is attributing positive signal goals to make this automated bidding work even better. It can be phenomenal. It can really kick your success forward in ways that, you know, can, can be really beyond what you can do with manual. I'll tell you an example. I, you know, was struggling with a very high spending account for a long time, been doing manual. This account has been doing manual for years and years and years and years, long running, high spending for, you know, significant amount of time, a lot of clicks, very competitive industry, only serves a small amount of the industry, even with the large budget that it's running. And after working through a lot of things with a client and really working some of the keywords and strategies and stuff like that, I set up an experiment. I set up an experiment where I allow the system to try using 50% of the bid, sorry, using 50% of the budget, I allow the system to test target ROAS versus my other 50% that I was using to target or you with, with manual bidding. 
I was using 50% for manual, 50% for target ROAS. You want to know what the result was? The result after testing it for you know, a couple months was the target ROAS absolutely was phenomenal. It provided about a 75% boost. And as far as conversions go, it did wonderful. It did wonderful. I was so... I was so thrilled with what happened there and, and it was so consistent. It seemed to really kind of bounced around a little bit back and forth week by week, but eventually it just kept ticking up, 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 up. And I pushed it 100% into the target ROAS. And now this campaign, which used to be manual till the world ended. I mean, it was manual. It was, they always wanted to do manual. I proved that automated worked better and it, it accelerated and went beyond. The reason I'm telling you this story is because it's very specific. This story represents an account that was in phase four, right? We're talking about scaling. That is an example of going from phase three of optimizing a campaign, getting conversions, getting you know more out of it, and then scaling, meaning taking the campaign and going even for getting more out of what you're spending without necessarily spending more, you know, squeezing the most juice you can out of this Google ads account. And that was one example of doing it. And it worked phenomenally. This is not a fast process. This is not the thing you do month two. This is not the thing you do month three. This is years. This is after many, many trials of moving it from phase one, phase two, phase three, now into phase four of scaling. And automated bids helped me to do that. Automated bids did not start the campaign, it helped to finish the campaign and move it into the final stages of just beautiful results. Beautiful. I hope that helped you understand bidding strategies on a, on a, on a, on a basic scale, manual versus automated. Why is there such a distinction? And that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. And if you would like for me to jump into your account, reach out to me, chrisschafer.com. Link is in the description. I offer one hour consulting sessions over Zoom where we can go through your account together. I promise you, I will surprise you. I, I do it every single day and I've never had an unhappy result from that after many, many years of doing this. Or if you just want to get an audit, reach out, you know, but I do ask that it's, it's under good faith that you do intend to actually hire me. <laughs> Just please don't reach out to me if you just want a free audit just for me to look at it. I'm not interested in doing that. I am here to provide a service for a fee. But anyway, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel, watching there as well. Be sure and reach out if you have any questions. Send in your question of the week, and I will catch you next time.